In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's an insincere question. The Pharisees ask, not because they desire to hear the answer. They're only asking to entrap Jesus in his words. So Jesus does not answer them directly, but rather gives them a word from above. Render to God the things that are God's. Which is precisely what the Pharisees and religious leaders will ultimately do. Without intention, without proper motivation, without faith, without knowledge, they will render to God the things that are God's. When the body of Jesus is laid upon the cross. When they have him stripped, beaten, and whipped. When the nails are hammered through and the Son of God is lifted up to die. Then they would render to God the things God's own son, that are God's. Pharisees, though, they would do this without even recognizing it. Jesus' eyes were always fixed upon the cross, and so were theirs. His eyes were fixed upon the cross for your life. Their eyes were fixed upon his cross for his death. The cross was where the eyes of all were fixed. Before the foundation of the world, the cross was fixed in place for him to be rendered upon, for your iniquities, for your sins. The Pharisees come to Jesus using the tools of man in order to trap him. Flattery, political maneuvering, but ultimately they will resort to using sheer physical force because they're fools who take no pleasure in understanding another. They only find pleasure in expressing their own opinion and exerting their own power. He calls them hypocrites. He sees their intention. He knows their malice. Had they believed he was true, as they claimed, then they would have believed truly who it was who was standing in their midst. And they would not have asked him any questions. They would have thrown their face in the dirt and begged for his mercy. But instead, they come to him with insincere questions, wrong and deadly motives, and the ill will to trap him in his words so that he would end up dying by capital punishment from the authority of Caesar. And so they ask, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not, Jesus? Jesus doesn't answer them, not directly. Rather, he gives them a word from above. Render to God the things that are God's. Just as the Lord said to Judas on the night that he was betrayed, Friend, do what you came here to do. So he gives these Pharisees who would crucify him at a 30 pieces of silver tip from Judas himself the same word. Do what you came here to do. Render to God the things that are God's. The Lord understands fully that he himself will be the one rendered, held up as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice before God, rendered for the sake of the whole world. But not because anyone intended to do such a holy work, not because people hurried to put forward a spotless lamb, a perfect offering for the sins of the world. That was not their intention. It wasn't their motive. No one sees it. There isn't one in the whole story who understands it or who gets it right or who knows what is happening when Christ is crucified. The religious leaders want him dead so that they could have him out of their way, 
The disciples want him to live so that he would remain with them. His mother, Mary, weeps at the foot of the cross, and if she could, she would pull him off and hold him close in an instant. No, nobody sees it. No one understands it. Not one person recognizes that there on that cross, right before their very eyes, what was taking place, the things, everything, the whole world and everything within it was finally, fully, once and for all, all of God's things were being rendered unto God in his son, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The only one who sees it is the one who asks for vinegar and gall to drink, and who calls upon the Lord, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then, with a loud cry, he breathed his last. And when he did, no one knew. No one understood. No, not one. And yet, God finishes what no one there even knew had even begun. It is finished. The full rendering back to God the things that are God's was complete. Jesus died, and he died in his job of rendering God's things back to God alone, with not one lick of help from any one of us. The perfect sacrifice of God was rendered, and though there were many that day who saw it, there wasn't one who grasped it. There were only tears and wails, prideful taunts and jeers. No one sees it, though they all saw it on Good Friday, and neither does anyone see what's coming that Sunday morning. Three days later, people's lives and motives still in all the wrong places, the disciples locked up in a room afraid, the women journey to the tomb in order to anoint a dead body, the religious leaders paying off liars to keep their power, no one sees it coming. No one comes to that Sunday morning dawn looking for the rendering of God in a glorious resurrection from the dead. Only an angel, sitting on the stone of the empty tomb, announces glorious words from above. You're looking for Jesus. He's not here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said. The rendering of God was complete. The one who said, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, and I have the authority to lay down my life and the authority to raise it back up again, had been raised from the dead. He lives in his perfect work of rendering unto God the things which are God's lives. That rendering is what is happening before you today, before your very eyes and in your very midst. You see him move and you hear his words from above splash across bodies and souls in the waters of holy baptism. His words from above wrapped around bread and wine the bread of heaven placed upon your very tongue, and yet not one of us understands one lick of it. When God comes into our midst and makes you his own rendered thing, places his name upon you, 
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the triune God, in the waters of your baptism, and forgives you all of your sins, and makes you new. And his rendering, his miracles, his actions unfold right before your eyes, and the angels of God dance around us, and the ladder between earth and heaven teems with excitement and bustle and joy all over one sinner who repents, and the saints around his glorious throne shout out, Hosanna! Hosanna! Hosanna is he! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! At the rendering work of our God, and yet not one of us see it. Just as Mary doesn't see it, just as the disciples don't see it, so we do not see all that God renders upon that cross and at this font and upon that altar, and here in our very midst. But by faith, by the Holy Spirit from above, we see it all, and so much more. We see the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign, And we see the wounds that give us life. We see the tomb that has triumphed over death. We see new life and the joys of paradise open up before us. And we see the angels and the archangels and all the company of heaven around us as we feast at the wedding banquet of the Lamb which will have no end. No, you are no different than those who walked in the days of the Lord. And all the disciples and all the religious leaders, with lives and motives placed in all the wrong lanes, with reasons unknown and malice in your hearts, fear in your steps, pride in your thoughts, with weary paths and confused lives, not knowing the way you should go or what the Lord has come to do among you. But you're here, and you live on this side of the empty tomb. God has brought you here, because he never tires of rendering back to himself the things which are his. You are his. Your life, and all of its beauty and filth, the life that he gave you, without a lick of help on your part. Every bit of it matters to him. Body, mind, heart, soul, your life, and the lives of your children. So he's drawn you here to the place where his work is always finished, to his cross, and the place where that cross is proclaimed, where he was rendered for you, bled for you, died for you, with no help or understanding on your part, all so that in his suffering, in his death, and in his glorious resurrection, and in his return, you are rendered back to God to live in the joy of his presence and grace, 
to worship him in the splendor of holiness, to bask in the forgiveness of all of your sins, and to have, by faith, a promise of a new life, everlasting life, in his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.